on this episode of Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. We are once again opening up that mailbox to answer your tough workplace and leadership questions with Robert Epperly, the author of the book, How to Get Great Results Using the Relational Leadership Model. Hang on, the answers to your questions are moments away. Surely you, Jeff. Nope, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. The podcast starts now. Welcome to the Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton podcast. Brought to you by Mojo Merchandise. Join radio veteran Rick Hampton and his guests for informative and entertaining discussions as they take you behind the scenes, behind the stories, behind the music, and more. Originating from the Big Daddy Studios, it's time to go Behind the Mic, and here's your host, Rick Hampton. Well, welcome into episode 14 of Behind the Mic. I am your host, Rick Hampton, and I am getting so used to this guy being around the studio, I may have to give him his own office and parking space pretty soon. Please say hello to Robert Epperley. Hey, how's it going? Robert is the director of Webco University and his 10 employees have created more than 8,000 courses during the 10 years of existence and that number continues to climb, I'm sure. Yes, it does every day. Well, you know what? The book that we've been talking about uh, is is a great book. I've talked about it many times uh, in on and off the air as well. It's how to get great results using the relational leadership model. I loved something that you said in the workbook. You asked the question, should you celebrate a victory? Victory at work. Your answer was absolutely, but don't celebrate too long. And I love this line. Put the trophy in the case or on the mantle and get back to work. Absolutely. Uh, you know, what What I was thinking about when I wrote that was, you know, how often do uh, sports teams repeat championships? Sometimes uh, they do, but not very often. It really comes down to, uh, you know, every day you wake up is another opportunity to do something great. But the moment you allow yourself to live off your past accomplishments, you will not exceed expectations. Let me ask you this. Do you expect yeah. more from yourself than others? 100%. Yeah. Uh, I have daily habits that push myself to do that, but absolutely. And I have to do that. Yeah, I I noticed uh, your work ethic. I talk to you on a weekly basis lately, and it's just like every every minute you are always moving. You're always learning. You're always helping somebody uh, accomplish something. Have you That's ever lived off your past successes too long, though? Uh, sure. Early in my career, I did. It was one of those things that uh, I just didn't know what I didn't know. It was a level of competence. But uh, once I figured out and had help, had uh, someone help me through that, I corrected the uh, the path I was on and got back to work. You know, you're kind of hoisting yourself around the room the whole time, the whole time, the whole time. That's and right realized, wait a minute, I just lucked out and found this answer, That's or right. I just lucked out and did this. So, you know, look around. Um, I think that for me, I think part of it is also is you, you have to share that with your team. You know, regardless of whether you have a team yet or not, you have yep. to share that with them because they ultimately were also in helping you do that. Like my, I know my volunteer mm-hmm. teams at the church, uh, you know, it's a win for everybody. When we go through a Sunday and things go great and mm-hmm. things go well, for us, that mark, honestly, is not a high five in the back green room or the backstage. Mm-hmm. It is the fact that somebody raises their hand to accept God as their savior. So for Amen. me, that's kind of my thing. And so, you know, we always do that together. Mm-hmm. And I think think that's awesome yeah if it weren't uh, for uh, the team i have uh, and i say i have i hate i hate i that we have at, at webco uh, a lot of these things would not have happened because there's no way one person could do this by themselves so what is one decision you wish you didn't make in your career uh probably not uh, seeking feedback out early enough in my career uh was one of those things that being extremely introverted that i, was, I, I know was a little reluctant and shy to do that and maybe i just didn't want to go and ask somebody i probably operated a little bit on assumptions as well that hey if somebody's not saying them something to me i'm probably doing okay and we know what happens when you assume right uh, so we don't need to say that here but uh, uh I, I needed to seek out feedback and then i needed to be able to listen to it 
and really let it sink in because there is always a kernel of truth in any piece of feedback you get. Well, and I think too, you know, it follows along with that same that saying, you know, the the uh, no news is good news. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes that's not actually completely accurate. True. <laughs> well, we have got a lot of folks emailing us at btmrickhampton at gmail.com. And you guys have sent in some great questions. So you know what, without further ado, let's just jump right into them. This one is from Stephanie in Tahlequah. She writes, I am a team manager for a national company in the team and I work on a lot of projects. We usually get along well, but there are times when we get into disagreements with each other and tempers can get heated. What can I do to calm the situation and get us back on track to resolution and agreement? Believe it or not, there is a thing uh, known as healthy conflict, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about teams at work or in your relationship with your uh, spouse or significant other. And so that's one of those things that we've had to learn to practice inside of Webco U and inside of Webco. So it begins with a relationship. You must have a relationship with that person. You must have trust. And with trust, that means you need to have a relationship with a person that has good character, right? And so if, if that person doesn't, then it, it's tough to have that type of feedback. And then you also end up with, in, it grows into influence from beyond that. Uh, superficial relationships are not built on trust. And so if you try and go down this path of conflict, it ends up being win-lose, right? And also people that chase consensus is a myth. Consensus is almost impossible to do that. But it's good to have passionate disagreement where people are talking about, you know, what what they believe, how they feel, what they believe, how they feel, and then getting to a resolution. But you need to be able to have conflict and talk about, you know, what's good for you, what's good for you, what is a, constitutes a win for you, what constitutes a win for you, because that's really where innovation in good ideas ideas are born. They're born out of that. And so bad conflict is bad, but there is a point where you can have good conflict. So there's that word again, relational. Relational. Mm. Yes. Mm. Somebody should write a book about that. They should. I wish they would. (laughs) Great question, Stephanie. Hope that answers your question. And thanks for sending that one in. This one comes to us from Steve from Tulsa. And he writes, not long ago, I had the option to give my team a long holiday weekend. I knew how hard it was going to be on the team, but they had an important project that we needed to get finished by Monday. My first thought was to give them the long weekend to rest, but we would have had to rush to complete the project. This decision risked impacting productivity and the quality of our work. I then thought about not giving them the long long weekend and encouraging them to keep on working on schedule. This option would avoid pressuring them to rush, but also risk them feeling overworked and or underappreciated. I ultimately decided not to grant the long weekend and emphasize the importance of completing the project. On that Friday, though, I ordered a catered lunch and offered to let them take a long weekend next weekend to thank them. I think this compromise showed that I cared about my team's well-being, but also valued their reputation for providing quality work on time. What was a difficult decision you had to make as a leader, and how do you come to that decision? Because it sounds like he, you know, he wrestled with this quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anytime I have a, uh, that I'm faced with a difficult decision, and leaders were always going to be faced with these kinds of things, I, I try to disconnect or detach myself a little bit from that. I step back and uh, get into my office. And if you look at my calendar, you'll see there is scheduled time every month for what I call thinking. And so I need to think through how would I make this decision? Who will it affect? Because it's not going to only affect you and your team, but uh, it's generally always going to affect their families as well. And so I I try to keep that in mind best I can. When we had uh, all of 
the world lived through COVID in 2020. It's a difficult decision. And when uh, when we were faced with that as a company, the business kind of trended down a little bit. We were faced with having to furlough employees. I hate those things because you know how it grossly affects a family in there. And so you had to think through, you know, what do you do? How do you make that decision? But, uh, you know, you had 10 people, you have to get down to a number you know, that you're told to. And so you have to think through, okay, is it this person? Is this person? And ultimately, I say, could it be me? But no, someone's still got to be there and lead the team. But you have to figure out what the best decision is for the team and sometimes you have to make decisions that affect people's lives and those are tough yeah and it is it is a tough thing because i know that you mentioned that in there when you were talking about the critical thinking mm-hmm. piece of that uh, you mentioned that in the other podcast episode 13 and how that you plan for those times and sometimes i think we forget that we really do need that time we need to take that time to really think about things because there's so many things on a daily basis that are pulling you and starving for your attention yeah. and they're always hollering at you there's always going to be another flag that you're seeing and it's and it's waving and it's trying to get your attention but yet you know the thing is is that um, you need that time you really needed that time to kind of just focus a little bit on it and so uh, I think that's very important Uh, schedule wise I know that I've started doing that a little more it is very important to schedule those times like I uh, on Monday I scheduled you know a couple hours to just do paperwork just to do forms things that needed to be updated Mm -hmm. things that should have been updated a long time ago but I was like nope I'm putting it on my Asana list and I'm Mm -hmm. doing it and it's on my to-do list and this is when it's going to get done and it did and so and I'll be honest with you my day was fantastic Mm -hmm. after that I can tell you I I can go back I I could identify to people when my leadership ability really hit hit one of those growth uh, levels and it was really when I dedicated time on my calendar to sit back and think and just say hey I've got these decisions to make what am I going to do who's it going to affect how how should it go or if I've made decisions would I make the same decision that I just made and I I can point to a time 10 years ago when I started doing that as a habit how my leadership has gotten better great all right the next question is from waylon from collinsville you know he shares the name of my favorite country outlaw singer waylon jennings he writes hey robert and rick i love the podcast so far and was wanting to ask robert a question how did you go about winning over key stakeholders with the webco university project great question i tell you the first thing is uh, when you do something like that you've got to know your audience and so the audience that i would be communicating or kind of selling this idea to are really they're the executives in our company Company, and so they're extremely busy, which means you need to make your words count, right? And so use as few of them as possible. And when I pitched my idea, I wanted to make sure that I was clear and concise, but allowed them time to ask questions because I didn't want to just like vomit at the mouth and give them you know a billion things coming out I wanted to be very clear and concise second I looked at the two previous times we had like a training department inside of Webco and said hey why weren't they successful All right for what reason or another and really what my takeaway again sitting down and thinking through that was that they wanted all training to occur inside what we now call Webco University but that's not the intent of what we are here today and as training can happen anywhere what we wanted to focus on was how the training was done. Was it formalized? Was there structure to it? Was there repetition? Was there feedback? And all those things built into it. And so I had my had in my head exactly what I wanted. I put it down on paper. I practiced. I went and saw, sought out other people to give me feedback. I said, hey, I'm going to go talk to this group of people. You know them as well. What do you think? How are they going to receive it? What questions are they going to ask me? What do you think? And then I had my presentation ready, the questions I thought they would ask. I had answers to those already. I sat down and did it. And a key to that, too, is yep. uh, is also coming into uh, finding things that are repeatable. 
You know, when you're training, it's very important that, I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. they can be repetitive, but that's a good thing because that means that you can replicate that uh, over and over and over. And then also looking at those things, because I'm sure that there's probably over the years, there have been several of the lessons, your courses that you've you've, uh, done that you had to correct. Absolutely. You know, that you had to go in and modify because, hey, this uh, procedure changed or Mm -hmm. the way that we manufacture this piece changes or whatever. So, you know, it's always a constant thing to... So, man, that's a great question. I love that question. I, I actually kind of was wondering the same thing myself was, mm-hmm. was how did you pitch that and how did you go about that? So it sounds like, um, again, it's that preparation, it's learning, it's uh, doing your research, mm-hmm. um, and then finding time to think about those things and get them nailed down. Yeah, you know, I should have said also one of the big things that uh, we put, put an importance on is why. And so the why statement that I came out of that was, would you rather train your employees and have a chance on them leaving the company or not train them and keep them? What does that look like? Right. Good question. That so, is a good, that's yeah. definitely a good why. So mm. see again, more of that critical thinking. Yes. That's whenever that comes into play. That is awesome. Hey, Lucas from Bixby has a concern about a relatively new hire they brought on board with his company. He writes, we just hired a new employee. We'll, we'll call him Doug. He's been with the company for about six months and was taking over the spot for a tenured employee of 15 years. I am the team leader for that department, but I was not involved in hiring a Doug. We've had conversations about how to improve and have set clear expectations, but doesn't seem to want to make those changes. All he really does is pass the buck or blame others for his failures. How do I handle this situation? So you know, the first thing I thought about is if I could ask Lucas's question is, why are you not involved in the hiring process? Why, mm. why were you not talking to this person? But that could be a question for a different day. Uh, the second uh, would be, hey, uh, you need to set up a time to formally meet with Doug right, and agree what day every month you're going to uh, meet with him. And maybe initially starting out, you need to meet with them more than once per month. Uh, so you agree on that, what it is. And then I would ask the questions, how do you earn his trust? How does Doug want to be given feedback? And what are the top three things that Doug needs to be working on so it is clear to you and Doug? And then follow up every week dedicate 10 minutes, you're going to go to Doug and say, okay, what are you working on this week? Are there any roadblocks in your way that I can help you clear? And then Doug knows you're going to be checking on him every week, every week, every week. And if he's not making progress, meeting number one is, Doug, hey, what's going on? Is there something going on in your life that we need to talk about? All right, maybe there is something going on and he just hasn't communicated. Maybe he's not comfortable communicating to him yet. We call this the three strike rule. Second time that you follow up and Doug's not doing what Doug said that Doug would do, he's like, Doug, we've had this conversation before. Are you sure there's not anything going on? Is there Are there any things that are preventing you from accomplishing these goals? Yes or no? If he says no, okay, move on. Third time, you go back and follow up with Doug and Doug's not doing these things. Doug, what's going on? You've, we've had this conversation twice. You said you were going to do it. I've got to think there's either something going on or maybe you don't want to do these things. Help me out here, right? You've, you've agreed to do them. You verbally said you're going to do them. Again, now that's three times. The fourth time you go back, Doug's not doing those. We call this the process for improvement plan, right? A performance improvement plan or a PIP, right? And so you put Doug on a PIP and he has 30 days to correct whatever it is going to do. Or in our vernacular, we say we promote them to a former employee yes i started to say uh, yes uh, if it doesn't happen in that amount of time then it becomes the uh, conversation you know and uh, you get you get that last line what is it uh, we uh, want to congratulate uh, doug on uh, his future endeavors that's right um, you know Wherever but at this time you know at this time we have 
have uh, decided to part ways. Yeah, no doubt. Wow. Okay. Well, that is good stuff. Yeah. Kind of funny. Um, so, do you think we'll see it or see a Doug in a character anytime soon in another book? Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, the Great Results book has for sure was ended in a way so that it, there could be a number two. And so Doug should be a character in the next right? book. Right, no doubt. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. thank you. We'll have to use him. <laughs> That's good stuff. When we come back, we will answer more of your leadership questions, talk more about the book, how to get great results, and we will dive a little deeper in the companion workbook. You're listening to Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Don't take those earbuds out now. Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton returns in seconds. I'm Mo. And I'm Sheila Joe, And we're Mojo Merchandise. Mojo Merchandise was created by two friends with a craft passion. We love to make things as gifts, like baby shower presents, wedding shower presents, party decorations, and balloon bouquets. There is nothing we can't do once we put our mind to it. We specialize in vinyl printed t-shirts, home decor signs, pillowcases, cups, and much more. If you have a favorite scripture or a mom saying, you want on a t-shirt or sign we've got you covered if you have an idea or needing a gift let mojo merchandise make exactly what you need you're listening to behind the mic with rick hampton we are back and talking to robert epperly author of the new book how to get great results using the relational leadership model and answering your workplace and leadership questions and I've got a good one. Here comes this one from Kay from Tulsa. She writes, last Monday, my boss pulled me into his office and began to give me feedback about my job performance. I thought I was doing a good job. But after hearing him go on for about what seemed like 30 minutes, apparently I'm not doing such a good job. I felt ambushed and I thought his feedback was wrong and off base. I just shook my head in agreement, said thank you and walked out of his office dazed and confused. How could I have handled this better? Okay, let me tell you, you're not alone. All right. Uh, those people out there in the world that are just not good at giving feedback. And so uh, if I were you, I would think about these things. One, I would answer the question for myself, how do I want to be given feedback? How often do I want to be given feedback? And then think about, is there any validity to the feedback I was just given? Again, as I stated earlier in the podcast, even when I get bad feedback, there is generally at least one kernel of truth of something they're saying in there that I can take away and I could make an improvement upon. Then I would take it upon myself. I would ask my boss if I could meet with them and I would give them the answer to how I want to be given feedback. If they're willing to do that for me, how often I need feedback. And then the feedback they gave me in my last meeting is say, here is what I heard you say. Now, here is what I'm going to do with that. And then agree going forward, if your boss will continue to meet with you on a regular basis, this should start improving their relationship going forward. But again, some people are just not great at giving feedback. I wasn't early in my career, but it's a learned behavior that people have to be have to be taught in practice and then eventually they develop habits and get better at that but it just takes time but again you're not the only person that's had this happen to you and i'm sorry but uh, sometimes it does you mentioned a little bit about this in that explanation uh, you talk about the subject in workbook uh, robert you mentioned it as feedback triggers can you talk a little bit about that all right so feedback triggers so i i know for me like if people come in to me uh, highly aggressive or confrontational sometimes that'll put me on the defensive and so that's that's one of my triggers and i know working with introverted people especially if they are highly analytical we call them the c type and this that you've got to be very careful on how you give feedback because that triggers them that puts them into flight or fight mode and so for sure you want to keep them out of that you want to keep them in logical thinking and decision making and things like that and so you, you have to figure out what those feedback triggers are for each person that you work with and again it, it starts by learning your own so you, so you know what they are so you can keep yourself calm when you have those conversations but also with those that you work with you have to figure out what their triggers are for each of them and so that kind of applies even back back to like Doug Absolutely. somebody like Doug you know he's already going to be on the 
defensive. He's yep. already blaming people. He's already pushing the blame off on everybody mm-hmm. else but himself. And so, therefore, that's kind of that thing, too. You know, his feedback trigger obviously is the same. You know, if you come at him, he's going to fight yep. and he's going to try to, you know, try to get away eventually. But at first, he wants to hurt you because he knows that that's the only way to shut you down or shut you off. But also recognizing that feedback trigger, mm-hmm. personally, that would also be a key for the leader because then they can can take themselves out of that plus also basically shove the dugs out of that as well because it's like oh you know what i know what your trigger is and i'm not going to do that so here's what we're going to do we're going to have this conversation and we're going to push it to three or four conversations Mm -hmm. and then i'm going to give you the 30 days but understand you know that i still mean business Mm -hmm. And I'm still going to be watching, still going to be, you know, looking for yep. that. So absolutely, kind of interesting. Oh, Good. Okay. Yeah. So we're all, uh, regardless of what job we have, uh, we're all uh, going to be graded on the results we deliver. And so we can say or do whatever we want, but if we don't produce positive results, then we don't get to keep our jobs. Mm. Very good. Very good. All right. So how do I keep my team motivated, especially during times like COVID? That is a fantastic question. If there were a simple answer, uh, someone else would have written a book on it and published it as well. (laughs) But there's not. Uh, But really, it comes down to communication. And so you hear people say over communicate. I've heard people say that. What does that mean? And so it really comes down to the position that I have at Webco. Our executive team was communicating with us on a regular basis. And so I knew what the rules were. We heard what the CDC said, Webco generated rules. And so we got them out to our team every day. And so we had what we call a morning huddle at 830 every morning when we just talked about initially during COVID. It was really, okay, hey, how how did last night go? How's your family doing? How are you doing? Is anybody sick? Is there anything we need to be worried about? And we just talked about those things every day. So people get used to it. So drift doesn't happen. So if if you think of commercials, you know, they repeat things multiple times in that commercial, like phone numbers or email addresses, right? Exactly. Because they want you to remember it. With humans, we need to hear things about seven times before we get it. And so my friends, Andy Stanley and Craig Groeschel say, hey, uh, when you think you've communicated enough, double it and then you've communicated enough you're right it's seven times i mean being in the radio industry and the broadcast industry um it's seven times that's why you hear the phone number seven times at least throughout the entire commercial because they want you to remember it and you may get tired of it you actually may start making fun of it but ultimately it starts committing it to memory and it's the same thing with this podcast that's one reason why i repeat the name of the book over and over and over because believe it or not i've actually received correspondence from people saying what was the name of the book again i can't remember for me i'm just like are you being sarcastic or you know what but it's the truth people don't figure it out or they don't listen really to the whole Mm -hmm. thing so they may get part of it but they may not you know understand every bit of it so it's the same process that's good though Uh, i know that it was such an unprecedented time uh, during that and even though we're kind of coming out of that it's Mm -hmm. still getting used to it we were talking before we went on the air about how that uh, things are starting to ramp up again for you guys Mm -hmm. in manufacturing and i know that that's the way it is all over the world things are starting to get back to normal but they're slow process some of them are a slow process and So I love to cruise. I love going Mm -hmm. on cruises, but they're just barely getting started again. And so it's just this frustration of, golly, I want to be on a beach somewhere, but, you know, got to wait. So, yeah, no, that's great. That's really good. Communication is the key because I find that that was the way it is anywhere. Uh, When I was in the radio business, I mean, on a daily basis, communication was what we did, but we were so poor at it behind the scenes. You know, we just did not communicate well at all and talk to each other like that, even Mm -hmm. though that's what we did and our nickname uh, for those that were on the air we were lungs and tongues 
that's that was our nickname everybody called us that so it was just that's the truth we do it for a living yet we're terrible at it you know Mm. off off the microphone um what are the best qualities to look for in a new employee Mm, i love this question too hey that's fantastic so for us our number one quality really is character uh and so we hire for character and attitude and commit ourselves to training competence. And so, yes, people are intelligent. Yes, people learn things. They might have college degrees when they come to us, but depending on what job they have, they've never made a tube. And so in the tubing industry, you know, we expect that we're going to have to teach you some of those things. But we ask behavioral-based questions that really get down into the root of character, problem-solving, critical thinking, and the behavioral-based things so that they're not just the canned, closed-in, yes-no kinds of things, but we're actually putting you into situations like, hey, the last time you made a mistake at work, how'd you handle it? And uh, how did you handle telling your boss about it, right? What did you learn from it? And so situational things like that to make sure that employees fit our culture. And so we have a 90 day introductory period too, where we, you know, we get a kind of a feeling out period to say, hey, do you like us? Uh, Do we like them? And that kind of thing. And so there's 90 days to to get that figured out to make sure that they're a fit. And I think that it also, you're right. Most of the companies that I've been with lately, we can teach you and we can train you to do the things that we need you to do. But what we can't do is make you a better person uh, character wise and to be in, you know, have integrity, you know, morals and mm-hmm. be able to just be a stand up guy or gal, you know, yep. that, hey, you know what, you know, when the worst things come, mm-hmm. how do you handle those things? So what do you yep. do? Do you get mad? Do you throw, you know, fly off the handle? You know, do you go crazy or yep. are you level headed and do you, you know, want your feedback and you want to talk with people and mm-hmm. be on the same team? So, yeah, that's great. I, I love that answer. That's a really good one. And it's also just uh, knowing some of the people that work at Webco. Mm-hmm. I think I can see that in their character and their integrity you know that that is something that i know that's very important um, for you guys as well that's awesome what leadership qualities are you continuing to work on personally yeah for me it's still about uh, being able to give better feedback because we've talked about it just now you know how communication is the key and uh, we still even though we all speak the same language uh, we're still not great at it and i need to get better at it including me i need to get better at i study human behavior like a lot and so like disc enneagram emotional intelligence so i study those things what drives people to do the things they do, how to motivate people differently. A question I ask my team regularly is, there's actually two of them, but number one is, you know, what are the things that motivate you? If you could be doing anything other than what you're doing right now, what would that be? Because I want to make sure, you know, where's motivation and passion? Do they line up? And then coaching and mentoring. Uh, so we, we use a lot of Gallup things. So we, we use some Gallup things and studying and working with them. One of the things we found that is if you train your employees, you get a 28% return on the investment. Mm. If you train, coach, and mentor your employees, you get an 88% return on investment. Wow. And so that's where we want to go. Man, those are some stout numbers right there. You know, if you think about that kind of thing too. Uh, By the way, I'm a hard nine in uh, Enneagram. Okay. Just so you know. I'm a one wing too. Okay. Okay, here's another question. Yep. How do I make time for learning when I have a family? Yeah, <clears throat> so go talk to my wife. <laughs> uh, so, no, seriously, though. Uh, so that, if, that, I, <laughs> if I knew, I would write a book. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's been one of the challenges. I, I have one of those personalities, too, that we're in, I, I love to learn. And so I, sometimes I have to be cautious not to do that too much because I can do that too much. But uh, where we are now, our, our daughter's uh, 
almost 27. I hope she doesn't get upset with me saying that on air. Uh, so she's at the age. She's, she's out. She's got her own house. She's got her own job. And she's doing great. Uh, and so it's just my wife and I at, at our house. And so she gets up every morning, Monday through Friday, leaves the house at seven. And so I get 30 minutes at our house. And that's when I really, that's when I start my, my quiet time, read the Bible, journal, and do those things. And then that kind of gets my day going. And so for the rest of the day, depending on the meetings I have and what we're doing, I get to study leadership and do these things. And on the weekends, like on Saturday, I still get up early and I get a little more time, maybe an hour and a half or two hours to do some of those things. When we have things going on, like every Friday, like t- today is Friday, we're recording this event right now. Tonight is game night at our house. And so my, my, my wife and daughter, my sister and brother-in-law, my mom will come over and we'll play games, whether it's Yahtzee or, or aggravation or something. We'll do something and eat pizza uh, as a family. And then on every other Wednesday, we've got this small group. So I cannot schedule time during those times. I have to be fully present during those events, right? I can skate a little bit right. other times, but not those times. I've got to be with a family. So. Yeah, you know, I, I, you, you mentioned game night. I, yeah. I, I, uh, I have my own Yahtzee cup uh, that I travel with. Um, okay. You know, I don't have it in a little case or anything yet, but I do have my own Yahtzee cup. It was actually my grandmother's Yahtzee cup. Awesome. Uh, and it was one of the, it's the older one, uh, the blue. It looked like yeah. uh, the little barrel that monkeys came in. Okay. But a <laughs> long time ago, like yep. in the 70s or whatever, and the 80s, the cup was bigger and it looks like a little barrel. And so I have that. When she passed away, we played Yahtzee all the time together. And she was the queen of Yahtzee. She was so wow. good at it. And so when she passed mm-hmm. um you know th- they were asking is there anything of, of your mama's that you would want and that was it i said you know what this is going to sound weird mm-hmm. i'll go buy a yahtzee cup and give the cup to the box if yeah. i can have her cup uh, and great. so that's what it is and then so like on the bottom mm-hmm. of the cup is marked in there with sharpie you know each time i play it's for you you know mm-hmm. mama or whatever so yeah. it's really cool ah. and then uh, my, my my wife actually speaking of game night it's a little off subject but even mm-hmm. my wife now here's a funny story so we were playing clue yeah. with uh a uh a couple of people that we know friends of ours and uh they were coming over so it was just us four playing we had went around the table we had done a couple of rounds i yeah. think we had gotten to the point where it's almost second round yeah. and my wife got in a room and she's like colonel mustard with the candlestick in the lounge okay okay so everybody starts looking yep. we go around the table nobody has a card to show nothing wow and i'm like whatever and I'd ask her multiple times, let's play Clue. Let's play Clue. Let's finally get some people in here to play Clue. I love Clue. Okay. We go around the table. We get back to her and she says, um, so I don't know the whole rules of the game, but can you accuse, you know, this early? So I, of course, went into my Pawpaw's explanation. Well, sure you can, but uh, just understand if you make it wrong, then you're out and everybody else gets to still play. She's like, all right, I can deal with that. I'm going to say that it was Colonel Mustard with a candlestick or whatever in the, uh, you know, in the lounge. And it was. Holy smokes. Right. Right. Wow. I have never heard the end of that as long as I've lived. And partly because I still tell the story. It could have been beginner's luck. I don't know because we didn't play another game. Okay. You know, but that's the way it is, right? I mean, when you play that perfect pool game and you run the table like Minnesota Fats, Mm -hmm. you know, you just lay the pool cue down and you're done. 
You don't go for another game. Mic drop. Right, exactly right. Yeah, mic drop, and you just walk away from it. So uh, what would be one more thing? um, And this is not something I shared with you ahead of time, but what would be one more thing that you could kind of uh, explain? We've been talking about the book so much, Mm -hmm. and there's so much in this book. And really, there is a diagram in this book, and I'm not going to try to describe it to you at all, but it is a target, and it is so helpful in learning more about leadership mm-hmm. and learning more about you as a person to do that. So they need to get the book first and foremost for that reason. It's just really great. And it's in the workbook as well, so they yes. could order the workbook. Um, but what is one thing uh, that you would uh, say uh, about this? Uh, just another nugget that maybe you could leave with us on that. Yeah, so really it, it starts with learning yourself, right? And so you got, so we, you know, we say leadership starts with self, trust starts with self. It starts with you. You got to know who you are. And so it doesn't matter, are you task-based or, or are you relational, right? So we have a tendency to start from one of those points of view. And then once you know who you are, then you can start figuring out the people you work with, how they're bent, right? And kind of how, how their DNA stacks up. And then that'll, that'll teach you how you need to approach them, how you approach them with questions. So for instance, a task-based person, you got to be very careful to not ask a bunch of how questions because you're going to frustrate them. They're going to think, man, this person has no clue what they're doing or what they're talking about. But that, that leads starts leading you down the path so you know how do you start developing great relationships with other people and it starts with you and then you figuring out other people and as you spend time with them that grows and grows and grows until you hear your influence is really large and that you can get great results with a lot of people man see that is good now there isn't any wonder why you shouldn't be owning this book i can guarantee you you're going to love it uh i know that there have been many that have gone out and 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 found this book and got it and have been reading it um i know my wife uh is uh going to read it uh reading it as well and so um i think in all aspects it'll really help uh everything that you do um because you can ultimately uh, like you said get to know yourself first and Mm -hmm. foremost and then those around you as well so it doesn't matter what you're leading you know everybody leads something yes and uh you know even if it's the dog to the dog food bowl Mm -hmm. you know he still needs maybe needs lead there so you know we can find that out hey all right well here's what we're going to do we are going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk just a little bit about the book and where you can find it and things like that but we are also going to play another round of the speed round of questions with Robert Epperly. Back in just a moment, there's more show ahead. You're listening to Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Want to hear more? You can subscribe to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, and Google Play Music. Become a part of the discussion. Join us on Facebook. Search Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. It's been a hot and humid summer so far, and maybe your AC isn't keeping up with the demand. Maybe it's on its last leg. Call my friends at Total Comfort Solutions, 918-246-7300, and they will come out, check your system, and if your AC needs to be serviced or replaced, they can get the job done. Total Comfort Solutions is a Bryant-authorized dealer and has financing options available. Don't wait another second. Call Total Comfort Solutions today, 918-246-7300. That's 918-246-7300. 918-246-7300. Total Comfort Solutions. You're listening to Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. We're back with Robert Epperly, author of the book, How to Get Great Results Using the Relational Leadership Model. If you're a leader in your organization, if you're a manager at your job or an employee wanting to make the jump to leadership, 
Since we all are leaders in some aspect of life, you need to own this book. It's going to help you out tremendously. It will help you take the next steps in becoming the leader God wants you to be. And I, before we close out the episode, we got two things we need to do. One is unfinished business with the uh, speed round of questions. But uh, before we close out the episode, though, I want you to tell us where somebody can find the book and the companion workbook. Yeah, for sure. The book uh, is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's available in Softback and Kindle. The the workbook still today is only available on Amazon. The workbook itself does include the book in its entirety, plus 47 additional pages of questions, reflection questions, discussion questions, and case studies. And so soon, a uh, audio book will be out. Um, and so I'm just waiting on the publisher to, of Covenant Books to kind of get that out and make it available. Awesome. And I love the extra pages, by the way, in the workbook, sure. uh, because there have been some really good questions. And they're very good questions in nailing down to get to know yourself a little better. If you're just starting this leadership journey, you know, you're wanting to be in leadership, or you're just starting it out, it's really good to grab this. Hand, this uh, workbook as well mm-hmm. because there are a lot of questions that uh, will get your mind thinking about that mm-hmm. and uh, you can get those answers to now and so you'll kind of already be ahead of the game in knowing yourself before yep. you even get in that position so For that's sure. awesome behind the mic speed round we're going to ask you a series of questions. Give me your quickest answer. If you answer all the questions in under 60 seconds, a lucky listener going to walk away with a $20 gift certificate from our sponsor, Mojo Merchandise. We'll put 60 seconds on the clock. And the time begins after I ask the first question. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here go. we go. What is your biggest phobia? Probably skydiving. Ooh, yeah, me too. Good mm. Lord. <laughs> what is your favorite song? Oh, it's it's gotta have it's gonna have to be a tie between Comatose from Skillet or Here I Go Again from Whitesnake. Nice, nice. Tony Katane, by the way. Yeah, yeah it's just sad. passed away not yes. too long yep. ago. Yep. Yeah. What was your favorite hobby? Probably woodworking growing up, spending time with my uh, with my grandfather, but now it's it's really uh, just develop helping people develop and reading books and doing things along that lines. Awesome. What is your favorite musical group? It's gonna be a tie between Skillet and Whitesnake. Uh, favorite social media site linkedin if you had a cb handle what would it be horns down (laughs) boomer center oh yes 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 i know we answered that one before what was your favorite sports team and it was ou sooners we know go pokes all right so one more one more here we go yep who was your first celebrity crush it was probably samantha fox Samantha Fox. Wow, I haven't heard that name in In a a long long time. time. No kidding. Congratulations. You got them all. That's so cool. (laughs) That's funny. Samantha Fox. Wow. Yeah. Like Tawny Katane. I never even had said that name in forever until she passed away. She, of course, was most famous for being a hood ornament in the White Snake video. Yes. So, and then uh, also, uh, I think, uh, familiar with uh, David Coverdale. David Coverdale. Yes. Yeah, for a while, for sure. Yeah. I could have said Christina Applegate, too, because Married with Children, that was pretty popular. She was a good looking girl. Yeah. Yeah. See, mine will always be, and it still will. Even I saw her uh, several years ago. Mine will always be Catherine Bach. Daisy Duke it's, from the Dukes yep, of Hazard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you yes. know, come on. 
for sure right yes All absolutely right. well it has been a blast to it get has. to know you again and to spend time with you and i know that we've helped people in their workplaces because i've heard from them and that i just want to thank you so much for being on the show and honestly i can't wait to do it again sometime and i have a feeling that it'll be sooner than later honestly i really am excited about that um man it's great to have you here today yeah. again i appreciate you having me again it, this is three times so it's fantastic loved it thank you uh helping get the book out if we can do anything in reverse to help out the podcast absolutely i, I will do that as well awesome awesome thank you so much hey do you want to be a part of the show have a comment from an episode that you want to tell me go to rickhampton.com or leave me a comment if you want to play along and be the next big winner for the behind the mic speed round contest email the show at btm rickhampton at gmail.com that's btm rickhampton at gmail.com and use the subject line speed round until next time thanks for listening to behind the mic with rick hampton want to hear more you can subscribe to this show on podbean itunes stitcher youtube google podcast and spotify follow us on facebook search behind the mic with rick hampton until next time thank you for listening to behind the mic with rick hampton